You're listening to the Avenue Church Podcast. Our desire is that this message will inspire you to encounter Jesus and find a better way to do life. For more info and to connect with us, visit us online at theavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening. One of the things I love about Sundays is from about 7 o'clock to 12.30, there are no distractions for me. From 7 o'clock to 12.30, there's one thing on my mind, and that's delivering the message that God has given me for you, for you to hear in Ennis, online, here in the room. And that is a great time. I watch you as you come into this room. And many of you that are followers, this is a great time to not be distracted and to focus on the one thing that's important, our connection to God. And I love the fact that we awesome understand that on Sunday, but we kind of lose that focus the rest of the week. We live in the most distracted time there has ever been. It's incredible how much distracts us and all the things going on. 24-hour news cycle, we have phones, we have emails, text messages. Uh, Everything is connected and we are constantly connected to our phones all of the time. In fact, right now, how many of you do not have your phone with you? Several. Good, good. How many of you feel naked if you don't have your phone with you? How many of you tap your leg a hundred times a day to make sure it's there, wherever you do? That's me. And so when I talk today, I want to talk about powering off. I want to talk about setting boundaries in our life when it comes to technology. Now, before you under 30-year-olds just shut me off because I'm an old man, I probably don't even understand it. I want you to know I love technology. I'm an early adapter. Listen, when I came uh, 1990 to the Ferris Avenue Baptist Church, it was a long time ago. There's no Wi-Fi. There's, no, there's nothing like that. There's no internet. There's no cell phones. I mean, it was a different world. It was a different world. And churches were behind even in that time. So in 90, I came into the Ferris Avenue Baptist Church, and there was me and a secretary, and the secretary had on her desk an IBM Select typewriter. Now, for those of you that are young, typewriters is what you used before they invented the personal computer, and they were horrible. I mean, I was in eighth grade, and they tried to teach me how to type by taking the letters off the keys. How are you going to type if you can't see the letter? That was crazy. And they put some over your hands. I'm like, I'm never going to be able to type like that. I type with four fingers. And when you're typing on a typewriter, if you make a mistake, you have to erase it with white out and go... Crazy people, they talk about how many words they typed a minute. I typed about four and a half words a minute. I mean, it was horrible. So they had this IBM typewriter that you typed up everything on, every letter, anything you had to, to produce for the church, you typed it and you put it on this, this one certain carbon paper. So you had to get it exactly right. And then you put it on what was called a mimeograph machine. And they ran it off each week. It Incredible. When you went into my office, on the desk was a phone that had buttons across the bottom and it had a dial. Now, those of you that are under 30, that's how you, you dialed the phone. I saw a YouTube the other day. They put one of these phones in front of a teenager and they tried to tell the teenager to make a call on this phone. They could not do it. Could not do it. I realized we can just paralyze the younger generation by going to cursive Rotary phones and stick shifts in the car. They will not be able to function if we do those things. I mean, but, but hear me. I understand. I love technology. I was an early adapter. I had the first Pong in my neighborhood. 
Pong is the original video game that just had two little things and you hit a ball back and cross. I love technology. I love it. I have every new thing that comes out. I enjoy it. I even want the self-driving cars. I know you're thinking, really? You're a control freak. Why would you want that? How great would it be to answer email, uh, talk on the phone, read a book while you're traveling? Wouldn't that be great? I would love that. So listen as I speak, because when I talk about setting boundaries in technology, I need to hear these things in my life too. But I do see a lot of danger. I see a lot of people today that are more interested in being connected with people outside their circle than the people in the room with them. I see young people who say, let's get together and look at our phones. And they sit in a circle and they each look at their phone. I watch people in restaurants that don't have any dialogue between each other. They're busy letting the world know what's on their plate. And there's a problem there. And so I want you to know there's nothing wrong with technology. Technology is amoral. It has not, it's not good, it's not bad. It's like money. Money's not good or bad. It's how we use it. And so with technology, if we control it and we set the boundaries in our life, it's an incredible tool. But if we let it get away from us, it will become an addiction for us. And so we want to talk about boundaries in our lives and how do we set it, especially if you have families, how you can control this and, and then not allow it to become an addiction. The only difference between a river and a swamp are boundaries. A river flows from one point to the other because it is bound in the boundaries of the, of the creek bed or, or whatever it is. There's guardrails, there's things that keep it flowing in one direction. A swamp spreads out for miles and miles and miles and just kills everything it touches. Technology is the same way. If you channel it, it can be a good thing. It can help you get from point A to point B. But if you don't channel it, it can spread out in your life and just destroy everything in your life. Now, some of you won't admit this. I'm going to go ahead and admit it. You can judge me. I've been judged many, many times. I've been preaching for 31 years. I can say what I want to say. I watch a show called Naked and Afraid. Some of you just judged me. How many of you have seen the show Naked and Afraid? I'm surprised you held your hand up. Shame on you. <laughs> For those of you not familiar, it's just a show where they take people and they put them out with no food, no shelter, and no clothes. I don't get that part, but that's the premise of the show. And they put them in harsh conditions and they have to fend for themselves for either 21 days, 40 days. There's one coming on tonight at eight o'clock. It's 60 days. They have to try to stay alive for 60 days. And I've watched that and I thought, man, I wonder if I could do that. My wife's like, she's out. She wouldn't even do it in the backyard for an hour. But for me, I'm thinking, maybe I could do this. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be cool? And I see the environments they put people in, and they put them in the desert, or they put them in the rainforest, or they put them in all these places. The one place that I could not be put is a swamp. Because I watch them walking in the swamp, and they're up to their knees. Sometimes their chest in water they can't see under, and there's all kinds of animals and snakes and alligators. It's just disgusting to have a swamp. And that's how technology out of control becomes in our life. Something that could be good, something that could be beneficial, just destroys everything that it touches. And so I want to call us to that attention today, and I want us to set some boundaries for ourselves so we understand. While it's a great thing to be connected, it's a great thing to, to be able to keep up with people that you went to high school with. It's a great thing to keep up with relatives and, and to see what's going on in everybody's life. It is not a great thing if you're connected to thousands, but not connected to the few in your home. Some of you have 2,000 Facebook friends, but if you move, nobody's going to show up to help you because you're not connected 
to the people closest to you. So that's what these boundaries are set up for. They need boundaries because we live in a time that is different from any other generation. It's a 24-hour news cycle. Used to, our grandparents, it took them weeks to get news. If something happened on the East Coast, it'd take a week before the West Coast even knew. If it happened overseas, it would take a month for our grandparents to get information. But since we got satellites and digital imaging, we know things immediately that happen across the world, and that is stressful. And if you keep your eye on the news 24 hours a day, and now it's great because you can pick the news you want. You can pick the side. And they'll only tell you things that make you mad about the other side. It's an amazing thing. And if you don't balance that in your life, once again, without a boundary, something that could be good becomes something that is deadly. And so I want us to set those boundaries and understand. For Christian people especially, this is good for all of us, but if you're a follower, uh, the, the Bible has a verse, especially for technology, believe it or not. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, everything is lawful for me. Nothing wrong with technology. Nothing wrong with video games. Nothing wrong with social media. Nothing wrong with 24-hour news. Everything is lawful for me, but not everything is beneficial. Not everything is beneficial. Everything is lawful for me, but I will not let myself be dominated by anything. I won't let myself be controlled by anything. I will keep my boundaries set and I will control it. It's fine to do it. It's fine to be involved in it as long as you have boundaries. But once those boundaries start giving away, it becomes an addiction. And let's be honest. Video games, social media, free apps are all designed to addict you. That's how they're built. They're built with reward systems and bells and whistles and dings and everything they can do. They're trying to keep you on that website, keep you on that app, keep you on that phone, keep you on that YouTube channel. They're doing everything they can to keep you there because that's how they get their revenue. There's no such thing as a free app. They are getting something from you. And so they're doing everything they can to hold you. Our phones will amplify our addictions if we don't have boundaries in our life. Steve Jobs, who came up with so many incredible things, would not allow his children to have the iPhone or the iPad. Why? He knew it's built to addict you. It's built for you to hold it in your hand and to open it and to check and to see your messages and how many likes you got and who's saying this and what's doing that. It is built to control you. It amplifies your addictions. It causes you to treat others harshly. There are things that are done online that you would never do to someone's face. The, the best thing I can relate it to is people in cars. There's defensive drivers, and then there's offensive drivers. According to my wife, I'm an aggressive driver. I don't like to be behind anybody for a long period of time. I don't like to go very slow. I, 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 I'm, I like to drive a little faster than I should. I'm an aggressive driver. In fact, my brother-in-law is my insurance agent. He said, we've got this new thing. I want you to put a beacon in your car, and you can get a discount for safe driving. My wife said, don't put that in your car. I'm like, I got offended. Like, what are you talking about? She goes, you're, you're an aggressive. You go too fast. You go too close to cars. You, you don't put it in your car. So 
Challenge accepted. <laughs> I put it in my car. I got a 62 so far out of 100. I asked my brother-in-law, is that good? He said, no. <laughs> no, that is not good. I get marked down for accelerating too quickly, braking too quickly, speeding, and cornering. The only score I get good is I don't use my phone while I'm driving. I'm driving too fast to look at it. So with that... <laughs> I have had many instances where people in cars kind of talk back to me, get aggressive. And it's kind of funny because, I mean, there's some like little old women that will tell you off when they're inside their car. Have you noticed that? And not that I would do anything, but it makes me kind of laugh. I'm thinking, you are brave in that 3,000-pound car. And that's how we are on social media. We say things to people that we'd never say to their face. We respond to people in a harsh way. And that is never good for the Christian. That's never right for the follower. We are not allowed to treat anybody harshly. We're to treat them with love all the way through. For some of you, without boundaries, those social medias, it will feed your craving for instant approval. Some of you, we have low self-esteem, and I'll put myself in that category. And we want approval from others. And so we search for that approval and we put things on Facebook so people will like it. And we go back and check to see how many likes and we feel good about ourselves based on how many people click the like button. That's not positive. We're to find our approval in God alone, not in others and what they think of us. And this not putting boundaries in us. If you catch yourself posting things because you think, oh, everybody will like this or, or people will think this about me or people will approve of what I'm doing. Be careful. It's an addiction. It can distort your identity. You can pretend to be somebody online that you know deep in your heart you're not. You may talk about all the miles you ran and the healthy foods you ate, but you're binging on a gallon of ice cream at night. But you don't post that. You become a double-minded person because you're portraying one thing, but you're living another. Be careful it tempts us toward unhealthy isolation and loneliness. It, it tempts us while we're connected to all these people, but we're not close to any. So we have to be careful. And this applies to everyone, but a Jesus follower especially. Because what we need to do is we have to disconnect from everything to connect with God. And if you have these distractions in your life, these addictions in your life, if you're constantly reaching for the phone and constantly looking at social media, constantly watching the news cycle, constantly binging on some show on Netflix, when does God have time to speak? It says in Psalms to be still and know that I'm God. With a phone in our hand, we never have to be still. We can have constant motion, constant interaction, even when God is trying to get a hold of us, we can be busy feeding. Satan's strategy aims at giving us endless images and videos to dull us into nothingness. C.S. Lewis wrote a book called Screwtape Letters. In this book, Satan is talking to the demons and he says, don't try to tempt them with big sins. Don't try to tempt them with big sins. They're not gonna fall for that. Keep them busy. Keep them distracted. Give them good things to do so they don't do the best things. Give them good things to keep them occupied so they'll never connect with God and others. Now, here's the great thing. Jesus 
told us how to live our lives very simply in three verses. If we had none of the rest of the Bible, these three verses would give us the meaning of life. He says, and this is the rules when it comes to social media. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So he summed up all of the commandments in these two. In the Old Testament, there are 614 commandments and the teachers of the law were trying to trap him and they asked him, which is the greatest of the commandments? And he said, I can sum them up in two things. If none of the other scriptures were with us, these two things will tell you how to live. Love God first. With all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And then love, or, love others like you love yourself. Now you're out there saying, well, I don't love myself. Yes, you do. You fed yourself this morning. You cleaned yourself. You put clothes on. We love ourselves. We need to love others that way. That is what God wants us to do. So through social media, we have to ask ourselves our question. Is what we're doing through social media, is what we're doing through technology, is what we're doing through video games, is it drawing us closer to God or drawing us away from God? Simple. If love God with all your hearts, the most important thing you can do is your online experiences or the things you're staring at your screen, are they drawing you closer to God or pulling you away from God? Second, does your smartphone behavior edify others and build them up? Or is it meant to tear them down? Are you busy making fun of the lady that ordered 50 tacos and two breakfast sandwiches? <laughs> if you're not on Walks Hachi Buzz, you didn't catch that. It's very simple. Are we edifying others in what we post? Are we building others up? Because as a Christian, we're to love God first but then love others like ourselves. So if we wouldn't want people posting that about us, isn't it amazing how we always want grace for ourselves and justice for everybody else? Isn't it amazing how we give ourselves the benefit of the doubt, but always look at the worst in others? As a Christian, that's not how we're called to live. Does your smartphone expose your freedom in Christ or show bondage? So I'm gonna go through some practical boundaries that we need to set some practical boundaries in your life that can help this be a river and be something positive instead of something negative. First of all, you need to turn off all unnecessary notifications. Turn them off. Your phone does not need to ding, bing, ring, buzz. I, I thought somebody's phone just went off. <laughs> I turned off all my notifications. My phone does not uh, buzz when I get an email. It doesn't ding when I get a text. When I get a call, the call will ring. That's it. I have no other notifications on there because they distract me. When I'm doing whatever I'm doing, if the phone used to ding, I picked it up. And it didn't need to pick it up. So turn all that off. Get rid of all of that messaging. Get rid of all of that. It doesn't need to ding. You don't have to respond immediately to a text or email. Now, I'm the kind of person, man, I look at my wife's phone sometimes and she has like 1,400 unopened emails. That causes me a lot of anxiety because I have to keep mine wiped out. I do respond, but I try to respond on my time. I try to respond. And some of you are like, well, what if I need you really badly? I've noticed that 30 minutes is not going to affect you one way or another if you're trying to get a hold of me. And so I try to control it by opening it when I have time to open in it. If I'm reading and it dings, I forgot where I am. It, it just turn them off. It's easy. Just turn it off. Delete time-wasting apps. 
If you got an app that you're spending too much time with, get rid of it, whether that's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or a game. Man, I'll just be honest. When COVID started, there's a lot of of time to do nothing, remember? And so my grandkids had loaded a game on my phone called West Game or something. I don't remember exactly what it was called. I spent three hours one day I got online with people and played this game. My family mocked me like I've never been mocked. And I realized, what am I doing? What a waste. And I'm, what am I doing? I'm building a city is what I'm doing. (laughs) And it got to the point they're asking me for money or I can contact one of you and ask you for help. So I thought, "Mm, that's gone. And so I, I, I got rid of it. So find the apps that are wasting your time and get rid of it. At night, Get the phone out of your bedroom. Well, how am I going to wake up? They make something called an alarm clock. (laughs) Just get an alarm clock. Get it out of your room because it's going to wake you up. It's it's going to keep you from sleeping. It's going to be the first thing you grab in the morning. You need to guard your morning disciplines. It's been a habit. I've caught myself getting into the habit. The first thing I did was reach for my phone when I woke up. Instead of just spending time praying and getting ready for my day, I reached for the phone. Get rid of the phone. Get it out of your room. And Here's one for the parents. We talked about parenting last week. Take phones away from your children at night. Well, they promise they're not going to look at it. Well, last week we talked about what little savages they are. <laughs> oh, my kid would never lie to me. Oh, Lordy. Nine, 10, whatever time, take it away. Because if it's in the room, they're on it. Set boundaries. That's, that's our job. Set boundaries. Don't have to respond immediately. If you think you're not on the phone too much, ask a family member. If you think, well, I got this under control, I got my boundaries, ask a family member. Because I tell you, your kids will tell you if you have children. Too many times I'm sitting and seeing people with their kids, and their kids are craving their attention, and they're too busy looking at their phone. They're so busy documenting the moment that they don't live in the moment. They're so busy making a video of what's happening that they're not part of what's happening. Do you really go back and watch those videos? I mean, some of you have millions of them. Do you go back and watch them? You need to be more concerned about the people in the room than the people you're trying to impress outside the room. So set your boundaries. Ask your kids, am I on my phone too much? At meals, get rid of the phone. Don't have the phone even near you. Get it out of sight. Spend time with other people. I see teenagers. I had a small group leader say, yeah, my kid, all the kids get together for small group and all of them are looking at their phone busy instead of interacting with one another. They're supposed to be interacting with one another, but all they know to do is to show each other what they found on their phone. Set the phones aside, disconnect, disconnect. And then you need to guard your heart with your phone. There's too, it's too easy to have access to old flames too easy to have access to people you don't need access with. Too easy to have access to porn. I mean, back in the good old days, you had to go to the seedy side of town and wear like a trench coat and go into a sketchy bookstore for porn. Today, seven and eight-year-olds are getting it on their phone with one click. Set boundaries. Guard your heart. Don't let this technology become a swamp in your life that destroys everything it touches. The only way we can connect is to disconnect. And Jesus showed us this model. It was incredible. He lived out how we need to live our lives. 
When Jesus walked on the earth, he knew what he had to do. He was going to Jerusalem to hang on a cross and to walk out of a grave. On his way, he ministered to multitudes of people. He ministered to thousands of people would come and hear him, and he would heal them and drive out demons and do miraculous things. In Luke chapter four, it tells a story where he's heading to Jerusalem and he's healing all these people and the people find him and they're like, please stay, please stay. And he says, no, no, I can't stay. He was turning down a lot of great opportunities to do good because he knew what was best for him. He knew that he had a job to do. He knew that he had to go to Jerusalem. He had a date with the tomb. And he said no to some good things so he could say yes to the best things. That's why we disconnect. We say no to some good things so we can say yes to the best things in your life. Some of you need to say no to social media so you can say yes to being the husband or wife you need to be. You need to say no to social media so you can be the parent, the mother, the father you need to be. You need to set your boundaries, disconnect. While Jesus taught the multitudes, he chose 72. 72 people to go out and spread the gospel in all the villages that he was gonna go through. Out of that 72, he had 12 that were called disciples. He spent a lot of time with the 12. He would talk about the parables and explain the parables and talk about the kingdom of God. But then as you continue reading, there were three that he had his most intimate moments. Peter, James, and John. In fact, in in Luke, it says, he took those three up onto a mountain. And on that mountain, God showed up and transfigured Jesus into his heavenly form. And Moses and Elijah stood beside him and the disciples fell down and began to worship and God spoke. This was preparing Jesus for the cross. And those three were all that got to be a part of it. And then it says Jesus went to a solitary place. So that's the model. It's okay to be connected with thousands. It's okay. But you need to have people in your life that know your name and know your children. You have to have people in your life that'll show up to help you move. And then you can have people in your life that you share the highest highs and the lowest lows that know you better than anybody else. You've got to deepen these internal values in our lives and understand what God has for each and every one of you. A lot of you adults, you you think this is a teenage issue. It's not. The average teenager looks at their phone 11 hours a day. That's shocking until you realize an average adult looks at their phone nine hours a day. You want your kids to put their phone down? You first. You first. Deepen these internal values. Remember, everything is lawful for me but not everything is beneficial. Everything is lawful, but I won't be dominated by anything. We've learned that we're not supposed to text and drive because driving takes our full attention. There are people in your life today that need your full attention. Put your phone down. Disconnect. Disconnect. Would you bow with me? God, we thank you how the Bible transcends time and how the lessons that you taught those early disciples still apply to us. Teach us, God, to disconnect so we can connect with you and others. Help us truly live the verse that we love you with all our heart, soul, and strength.
and we love others like we love ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. Our hope is that this message inspires you to encounter Jesus and find a better way to do life. We'd love to hear from you and get you connected on your journey. Visit theavenuechurch.com slash connect to get started. To hear the latest from us, don't forget to subscribe. See you soon.